The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Did he say anything to you? No. That was the scary part. When, when he came in, he said nothing. His face was very stoic. The expressions were mostly in his eyes. He's being called a hero for disarming the Monterey Park gunman. Don't miss what he has to say about making the decision to tackle him. Just over five years ago, Austin police took more than 400 Ford Explorers out of service over carbon monoxide concerns. What federal investigators now say about those odors in passenger cabins. And clouds increasing this evening as a storm is heading to Texas. Your first warning forecast is coming up. First at five, though, we do have some breaking news. A school shooting at a charter school in Des Moines, Iowa. And two students are dead. A teacher is injured. Now, about 20 minutes after that shooting, police say they stopped a car about two miles away and took several suspects into custody. That shooting was at an educational program called Starts Right Here for at-risk youth. It was founded by Will Holmes, a rapper whose stage name is Will Keeps. Updates as they come into the newsroom. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Daniel Mudine. And I'm Jennifer Sanders in for Britt Moreno. An 11th victim has died after this weekend's deadly mass shooting during Lunar New Year festivities in Monterey Park, California. It's a predominantly Asian community about seven miles away from downtown LA. Today we're hearing from the man who kept the gunmen from taking even more lives. Jay Gray has the latest. There is an uneasy tension in Monterey Park right now, a stunned silence. Businesses are open, people come and go, but nothing is normal here. There's just profound sadness and grief and pain. 11 killed after police say 72-year-old Hugh Cantren opened fire inside Star Dance Studio. 20 minutes later, witnesses say he showed up at a second dance hall. Confronted at the door by 26-year-old Brandon Say, who shared details on Good Morning America. I realized I needed to get the weapon away from him. I needed to take this weapon, disarm him, or else everybody would have died. On the run for hours, police closed in on Tron inside his van Sunday afternoon. Police say they heard a single shot, then found the suspect slumped over the steering wheel, dead from a self-inflicted gunshot. Overnight, investigators searched Tran's home in Hemet, 80 miles east of the murder scene. The public wants answers. You want answers. I want answers. And that will only come from an investigation. While on the first day of the Lunar New Year, so many in this community struggle to deal with the attack. Lunar New Year sets a precedent for the rest of the year, so you're supposed to celebrate that year. Instead, this year, they mourn unprecedented, overwhelming loss. Jay Gray, NBC News, Monterey Park, California. And ahead on NBC Nightly News, Lester Holt is in Monterey Park, and he spoke more with the man who tackled and disarmed the gunmen at that second location. So how did you decide what to do? Well, there was a moment I actually froze up because I was, I had the belief that I was going to die. Like, my life was ending here at that very moment. But something... Something amazing happened, a miracle actually. He, he started to uh, try to prep his weapon so he could shoot everybody. But then it, came, it dawned on me that this was the moment to disarm him. I could do something here that could protect everybody and potentially save myself. And much more of Lester's interview coming up at 5.30. We do have some breaking news now. In
southwest Austin, where Austin Fire says a construction crew hit both a water line and gas line on Slaughter Lane. That's near Mopac. Slaughter Lane has been shut down in both directions between Sendera Mesa and Zuniga for about an hour and a half. That's creating a real traffic mess. Here's the live picture right now near Bowie High School letting out right now. Avoid that area if you can. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, this morning sure started off cold, not in downtown Austin where we avoided a freeze just narrowly, but outside of the city, we had a lot of 20s on the map. 25 degrees at the Austin Bergstrom International Airport. That's a full 13 degrees colder than normal for this time of the year. It's a cool day with temperatures area-wide in the middle and upper 50s, 57 now at Camp Mabry in Austin, but it's starting to look and feel a little bit different. Live up in Liberty Hill, it looks like a painting, doesn't it? the Whittlesea Landscape Supply Cam showing mostly cloudy or completely overcast skies. The clouds have started to pour in ahead of a welcome change in the weather tomorrow. Hope you didn't wash your car over the weekend because tomorrow we have widespread rain guaranteed. I'll show you what time, where minor flooding is possible, and chilly weather that sticks with us through the week. All right, David, thank you very much. Well, it appears there have been layoffs at Ascension Seton, and we say that because of the vague response we received when we asked them whether there had been layoffs in the past week, and if so, how many and which positions. So here is the response. It says in part, quote, the global COVID-19 pandemic has taken a significant operation toll on health systems across the country and Ascension Texas is no exception. Quote, we continue to evolve how we deliver care in this challenging environment. And then it goes on to say, quote, every effort was made to minimize the impact on patient care at the bedside, and we focused primarily on non-clinical support roles. The federal government's road safety agency has closed a more than six-year investigation into exhaust odors in Ford Explorer passenger cabins. It says the SUVs don't have high levels of carbon monoxide and don't need to be recalled. Now, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says it reviewed more than 6,500 consumer complaints and tested SUVs in the field. The probe covered nearly one and a half million explorers from 2011 to 2017 model years and involved complaints of sickness and crashes that involved three deaths and 657 injuries. Many complaints came from police departments. At one point in 2017, the Austin Police Department took 400 Explorer police vehicles out of service over some concerns of carbon monoxide in the cabins. But the department put them back on patrol after Ford made repairs to exhaust tips and lift gates and fix some other issues. Some Texas prisoners are nearing two weeks of a hunger strike against conditions they call inhumane. At least two dozen prisoners have abstained from food for 13 days now in protest of solitary confinement policies in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. KXN's Ryan Chandler reports on the changes they're demanding. They get lucky to get out of their cell for three hours a week. Texas prisoners starving in solidarity against solitary. Some refusing food for almost two weeks now, protesting for the more than 3,000 people kept in isolation. Strike organizer Brittany Robertson shares their personal accounts. One inmate sent her this calendar showing just seven days of recreation allowed in a month of solitary confinement. You don't allow them outside. You don't allow them to feel a hug. And then you let them out. What Texans need to know is that 
the lack of rehabilitation directly contributes to your crime rate. The Texas Department of Criminal Justice says solitary is used judiciously for only the most dangerous prisoners. They report they've lowered the isolated population to less than half of what it was a decade ago, telling us they are committed to continuing reducing that number by providing effective programs that offer pathways for inmates to leave segregation. But some lawmakers are pushing to restrict the practice this session. Irving Democrat Terry Meza filed a series of bills to limit prisoners' time in isolation to a maximum of 10 days, calling on the state to study its mental health impact. They're not asking for freedom or, you know, to be released. They're not even pleading innocence. What they're saying is, I'm in here for 20 years. I'd really like to have programming and to come out a better person. Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. And previous efforts by prisoners have led to change. In 2013, nearly 30,000 prisoners in California joined a hunger strike to protest solitary confinement conditions. It brought attention to a federal class action lawsuit claiming prolonged solitary confinement violates the constitutional ban on cruel and unusual punishment. Now, after the large hunger strikes, California negotiated a settlement agreeing to end the practice. Texans who qualify for disability benefits dying before they can get a yes or no determination for their case. We have some answers about how long the wait can be and why. And a current swept a diver miles out to sea. How his family found him. It's a story behind a video that's been seen more than 20 million times on TikTok. Spotify, the music streaming service, says it will lay off 6% of its workforce. That's about 600 jobs. The company had benefited from pandemic lockdowns because more people, of course, who were stuck at home sought out entertainment. Now some tech experts are forecasting an economic downturn that could cut demand for software, products, and services, as well as reduce digital ad spending. Well, TechStot has trucks rolling out in the Dallas-Fort Worth area ahead of tomorrow's storm. Crews are pre-treating areas they know could get dicey, bridges and overpasses. Those elevated surfaces tend to freeze first. We have yeah. something like 5,000 elevated surfaces here in Tarrant County. That includes everything from bridges to overpasses um, to culverts. So anytime you don't have roadway insulated by the ground, uh, they're vulnerable to icing over. So that's really going to be our, our principal uh, uh, fo focus for this particular event. And this is going to be a pretty good winter storm up in the Panhandle where we expect four to six inches of snow. Winter storm warnings in effect for the Panhandle for places like Amarillo. Hazardous travel begins there tonight. Back here at home, haven't seen anything from the storm yet. Only eight hundredths of an inch so far all year. This is the seventh driest start to January on record. But it changes tomorrow. Your forecast is next. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. We'll take a look at the line out the door at the Social Security Administration office in Austin today. It may paint the picture for just how busy things have gotten. And Texas is a third worst for increasing backlog. People with disabilities waiting close to a year for their applications to be approved or denied. As JL Washington reports, some are at risk of dying, waiting for those critical benefits. After. Strap them on like that. This is a part of Diedres Cortez's daily routine. 
I'm very unsteady and weak. She says she's partially paralyzed. Some days are better than others. She tried to apply for long-term disability nearly three years ago now and is still waiting to see whether she'll get benefits. Well, they denied me the first time after about eight months. It took eight months just for them to deny you? Yeah. According to the latest Social Security data released earlier this month, for the past few years, delays have been getting worse for disability applicants. USA Facts, a nonprofit that gathers and interprets data, ranked Texas third for the worst backups in cases. The Lone Star State seeing a 142% increase. Now, most who apply never get their benefit applications approved. National security stats show an estimated two out of three applicants are denied. A Social Security spokesperson from the Texas region says they're trying to hire more workers to help with processing cases, saying they've lost 20% of disability examiners in the last two years. They also say they're looking at their process for applying for disability benefits, so people like Cortez don't need to keep waiting. There's a lot of people that die before they get their disability. I would have died. I got my son. Jayla Washington, KXAN News. And nationally, every year, about 8,000 applicants end up filing for bankruptcy and about 10,000 people die while waiting for decisions on their disability applications. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, our rain dances will finally be answered tomorrow when we expect the heaviest, most widespread rain that we've seen since December 19th, more than a month ago. Lake Travis, 42 feet below its full elevation tonight. We may see an inch or two of rise tomorrow, but we'll take what we can get. 57 out there as clouds start to increase on the Oasis camera tonight. Winds are picking up and it's no longer a dry northwesterly wind we had over the weekend. Now it's east and southeast. This is transporting more moisture and setting the table for some rain by morning. You can see where it's coming from this big spinning upper level low over Phoenix. We're seeing snow even at the lower elevations of the Arizona desert this evening. Back here at home, the flow ahead of it is pumping in upper level moisture from the Pacific, lower level moisture from the Gulf. All of these things are going to combine for not only some snow up in the panhandle that we talked about, but the possibility of severe weather down in southeast Texas. Now, fortunately for our 15 county area, the severe weather threat does not include most of us, including the Austin area, but down in Fayette County, one out of five, even a two out of five threat of seeing a quick spin up tornado with these storms tomorrow. The clouds and radar forecast kind of breaks down the timeline for us. Tomorrow looks like a stormy day, but it's not all day. Here we are this evening with clouds continuing to increase, but dry weather until about 1 a.m. That's when we think a chance of light rain begins to develop. By 6, 7, 8 a.m. rush hour tomorrow, though, it is wet. Now, it's not necessarily stormy. This is mainly light to moderate rain to start your day. But as the front associated with this system pulls through the area by mid-morning, that's when heavier rain is guaranteed at times. Here we are 9 a.m. with widespread rain, heavier thunderstorms shown by the reds and oranges across the map. Here we are at 11 a.m. Rain still pretty much guaranteed area wide. Now some of this pink color way up at the top. Remember last week we first warned you a couple sleep pellets may mix in in the northern hill country. That is still possible, but I don't think it happens in Austin and it's not going to accumulate even up in Lomita. Here we are early tomorrow afternoon, heavy rain pulling through Austin and east of Austin by about 1 or 2 p.m. After that, we could see a quick wraparound shower, very isolated, but I think most of us are dry by late tomorrow afternoon and certainly by tomorrow night. 
How much rain falls? It's not going to fix the drought, but it is really a nice soaking considering the January we've had a half to one inch of rain in the hill country, about an inch I think for most in the metro, and one to three inches east of 35. This will be heaviest out in Lee and Fayette counties where some isolated brief minor flooding issues are possible. No significant flash flooding, but that is a lot of rain to get in an hour or two, which is possible. Okay, tonight, rain developing. Gusty east-southeast winds keeping low temperatures from dropping too far. 46, nobody sees a freeze. Tomorrow, 100% chance of rain. That's pretty rare. It's early in the day. High temperatures kept at 55 as gusty northwest winds bring in cooler, drier air late. Another windy day as the sun comes back out on Wednesday and a generally north wind through the rest of the week keeps temperatures actually cooler than normal all the way through Friday. What a change. This coming weekend, south winds bump up temperatures closer to 70 degrees and also a slight chance of light rain returns. Like a needle in a haystack just ahead, the Florida family who hopped in their boat to go find a diver who'd gone missing. How they found him coming up. A Key West Florida family known for spearfishing and free diving got the scare of a lifetime Thursday when their son went missing at sea for several hours. The powerful Gulf Stream carried away 22-year-old Dylan Gartenmayer. A family member captured the moment he was actually spotted in the water. Ryan Nelson spoke with them about the miraculous outcome. I had a bunch of bait blowing up around me and everything. I, he went diving. I knew that there was, you know, big fish eating those baits, so there were sharks going to be, you know, shortly behind them. I was ready to, you know, fight the night out, but glad I didn't have to. And when he went missing at sea, his family went searching. <laughs> and the story went viral. I saw him use his spear gun to start paddling himself. The Gartenmeyer family has a bit of a reputation in Key West. As natives of Key West, you know, we love the ocean. Um, I was spearfishing with Dylan in my belly. Tabitha's 22-year-old son, Dylan, says he was born to be in the ocean. I do a lot of deep free diving, so I like to go over 100 plus feet on a single breath. So even though the conditions were not the best on Thursday, it's the only place Dylan wanted to be. So with two friends keeping an eye on him from the boat above, he went in for one more dive. And we get the call from my ex-husband, Tab, something's wrong with Dylan. They haven't seen him in an hour. And from that moment on, like, this feeling over me came just like this, and I was just like, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't talk. Dylan says he went from diving in about 35 feet of water to about 150 feet when he was swept out with the Gulf Stream current underwater for nearly two minutes. When he came up to the surface, he said he set his sights on the closest channel marker, which was about two miles away, while clinging only to a piece of bamboo. I climbed up that marker and looked around, didn't see nobody. At that point, my bamboo had started drifting away from me. With Dylan lost at sea. This woman was very much insisting, drop that boat right Let's now. Go. The Garden Myers went on a rescue mission. I'm sure you've seen the videos of us going a little bit fast down the canal for my <laughs> son's life. Speeding through this canal to find Dylan, last seen about three hours prior. With the Coast Guard searching by air and sea, they went speeding to Dylan's last known coordinates. And we had the coordinates that were given to us, but he obviously wasn't on those. They didn't find him there, but kept searching. Joel looks to the right and he sees the buoys. And I'm looking and I do a little turn like that. And when he sees the buoys, he's like, it's Dylan, it's Dylan, it's Dylan. Oh my God, that's my grandpa's boat. And we all just jumped for joy. And that's the video. Dylan. <laughs> 
Wow, Dylan's cousin Priscilla posted the video that's now gotten more than 20 million views. And Dylan, well, he gets to dive another day. Incredible. Well, tonight on KXAN at 7, America's Got Talent, All Stars is all new. And then at 9 o'clock, Ben leaps to San Francisco during the 1989 earthquake on Quantum Leap. And then we're back with KXAN News at 10. And of course, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 o'clock on the CW Austin. And here's where to find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.